Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten. Welcome to GTO, Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways in which we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. I'm Kirsten Johansson, your host. Uh, It's awesome to be back with you today. It's the day after the 4th of July, if you're in the U.S. or you're an American living abroad that um, stays connected to the U.S. holidays. And it is one of my favorite holidays, which I'll uh, get into um, as we go over the uh, the meat of our episode today. Um, I want to cover a little bit of housekeeping in the beginning because I get excited about all the things that I want to tell you, and then I forget to do all my little things. So um, we are live today. And so if you would like to send an email, you can do that from the uh, Voice America show page, the GTO Freedom for Humans um, show page on Voice America, and we are on the Variety channel. Um, or you can give us a call at 1-866-472-5788. And we're talking today about roadblocks that get in the way of you starting something new, um, a new practice or shifting something in your life. Um, and we're specifically on today's show going to talk about the types of roadblocks that keep us from getting started. Um, I decided to do that in today's show, and then I'm going to do another show about the roadblocks that tend to contribute to us quitting something that we've that we have started. Um, and so today's about uh, I've called it the non-starters because uh, it's the things that get in the way, the the kind of uh, contributors to failure to launch. Um, so if you have something like that going on and you want to chat about it or uh, send in a question, please feel free to do that. Uh, The other thing I want to do is just invite you to join my free Facebook group. It's called From Self-Criticism to Self-Acceptance, and um, uh, you'll get my free tips on using your challenges as opportunities when you join. Um, And then we just, um, we're creating a community of people that are seeking to free themselves from the inner critic and accept themselves and all that that means. Um, in their lives, because boy, it touches every, it really touches every part of life. I also have a a full, really holistic program um, to help people move from self-criticism to unconditional self-acceptance. It's 12 weeks. It's holistic. It's it's not just sort of a band-aid where we address one area of life. We really um, address it from a core place of unconditional self-acceptance and then we work through all the ways that that can be applied in life um, to help you live a life that is um, freer and happier and yours so that you're living your life, this one and only life that you have. You can find me at giraffetangooctopus.com and you can also find me across social media at GTO Coaching. Um, and also if you would like to promote a product or service on the show, um, we are always looking for partners and sponsors, um, that is going to help us to sustain the show so we can continue to bring it to you. So if you have a product or service, um, you think it's a great fit for the show, uh, just drop us a line or you can shoot me an email, uh, coach KJ at giraffe 
You can also like, follow, share, tell your friends about the show. All those things help the show um, and help us to continue to be able to bring it to you. And then the last bit of housekeeping before we start our topic is tomorrow, I'm going to be on the Relationship Road Trip. Um, This show is relatively new to Voice America. Um, Don Fernando Azevedo, the, um, the host of that show, has been doing it for a couple of years and has just recently joined the Voice America family. Uh, I chatted with him a couple weeks ago uh, when we talked about doing each other's shows, and um, he's just an absolute delight. We got along so, so well. He was so fun. And so I'm looking forward to doing his show tomorrow. It airs uh, 8 a.m. We are going to be live, too. So again, if um, if this topic is of interest to you and you want to give us a call or or send us an email, we'll be live tomorrow and that airs at 8 a.m. Pacific, um, 11 a.m. Eastern. And again, it's called The Relationship Road Trip. And we're going to be covering the relationship with self uh, for obvious reasons. Obviously, if you if you listen to, to this show, you know that's sort of my wheelhouse. And um, it kind of fits nicely because I don't, I don't know where all we're going to go tomorrow. But when we think about our relationships with others, it's quite difficult to have the type of relationship you want with another person if your relationship with yourself is not where um, where you need it to be in order to connect and set boundaries and communicate and all the things that um, make relationships uh, work for us. Okay, so um, I'm going to move into our topic and um, just talk a little bit about why, why I like the 4th, uh, the 4th of July. Um, it is my favorite holiday because I turned it into a day where I examine my personal freedoms, um, and the areas in which I don't feel free or that I feel trapped. Um, and I started doing that a number of years ago, maybe eight, eight years at at a minimum. And I don't, the reason I don't know is because I upgraded my phone at a certain point and I didn't realize that my notes were not backed up to the cloud. They were only backed up to the phone. And so I lost years and years of um, goals and, you know, freedom related goals. And, and it showed like what I was really interested in, in changing and shifting. And then, you know, it showed like maybe a whole year would go by. And, oh, I'm still, oh, still working on that. And then, you know, it would get, get pushed to the next year, but then eventually it would often get addressed. Um, and, what, you know, the things that made that list, um, were, were anything that created, uh, kind of like shame, um, stuff that made me just feel badly or was shameful or that I felt I needed to sort of keep a secret. Um, that, that tended to be what got put on the list. Um, and so, you know, I framed them as freedoms which became really a a game changer for me. Um, And I was able to clear many behavioral patterns that were causing me suffering by framing these goals into freedoms. And so I do want to just note um, an app that I used, and then I'll explain more what I mean um, with that framing. I have an app called Nomo, N-O-M-O, It's uh, created by a recovering person to support other people in recovery. Um, There's a free version of of it available. It's mainly supported by donations and it's 
it's really grown over the years. I, I downloaded it in the very beginning when it was brand new and they've added quite a few features to it over the years. And there are a broad range of ways to identify a goal and select what the goal is related to, and it tracks your day count. So if you're, if you're trying to do something and it's helpful for you to, to have a day count, which can be super helpful, as long as you don't allow the restarting of that day count to like destroy you. Um, so don't let it shame you if you need to restart the day count, but holding on to a day count can really be a motivating factor. And I also sometimes find that tracking the day count all the time can feel a little, I don't know, punitive maybe, or like a little bit of an overshoot for me. And so entering, um, basically for me, I enter certain abstinences into Nomo. And then when I want to see, Hmm, wow. Like I stopped, for instance, drinking and drinking or ingesting anything with aspartame in it, which for me was mostly diet soda. And I, I had a tough time getting off of that. And so I, I looked in the app, um, recently when I was actually preparing the show for you. And I think it's been six years or something, um, since I've drank diet soda, you know, commercial kind of that main commercial diet soda with, um, aspartame in it. And so it's nice to be able to look back on that. So just a, a little shout out for Nomo. If you're looking for a place to track your, um, your goals and, and that's really a supportive place. Okay. So back to how to frame it as a freedom. So here's an example of how to frame a goal as a freedom, um, versus maybe something that is not quite as encouraging or motivating. So I, I used ice cream just because, uh, yeah, sometimes ice cream I'm, I'm, I'm noticing can be pretty compelling for people. Um, so instead of saying no more ice cream, or you need to stop eating ice cream, or you need to give up ice cream, you could think about well, what it is, what is it that is making you want to make that change? So maybe when you eat ice cream, you overeat because once you start, maybe you have a, a difficult time stopping and it's not maybe the ice cream, but the overeating that might be bothering you. So perhaps you would like freedom from overeating. So that's, that would be the way that you might state kind of the overall goal, freedom from overeating. And as we talk through these today, we're going to talk about how to um, start something in an incremental way and not be too attached to outcome and timeline and stuff like that. So maybe it's freedom from overeating or maybe, you know, I don't, I don't eat ice cream. The, the sugar and the, um, lactose are not, they're not a fit for me and they're not good for my particular body, um, in terms of craving. And as well as to, it would just like destroy my gut because I have Crohn's. Um, so maybe, maybe you eat ice cream and you bloat up and fart like it's your job and you, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I've done this again. And you feel some shame over it. And maybe you just want to be free of that shame. And maybe that is actually the freedom. Um, so, um, or maybe like I mentioned, it, it, it creates craving in you, um, from the sugar perhaps. And, and so you find yourself thinking about the ice cream the next day and the next day and the next day and having arguments with yourself about whether you're going to eat the ice cream and, uh, and all that stuff. And I think all of us know what that feels like. And I certainly don't enjoy being on that hamster wheel. And so maybe it's freedom from sugar cravings. 
um, that is ultimately your goal, whatever it is, have a, have a little conversation with yourself about why you're wanting to make this change. What is going on that is impacting you in a way that is um, not helpful and not supportive for you? And then frame it as a freedom. And that centers your freedom from the uncomfortable effects of the behavior versus this sort of sneakily punitive language that tells you no more, no, no more. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> I've never liked to be told what to do. I can remember being tiny, being a tiny kid. And listen, when we're little, and all the way up through, you know, whatever, whatever age, when we, we become independent, we're always told what to do and what not to do and, and all that stuff. And, you know, I did it. I, I was compliant because I could sort of see that if you were compliant, you know, life was a little easier and there was less attention paid to what you were doing. And I absolutely observed it all and learned how to comply, but I, I did not like being told what to do. And so most of us don't like even being told what to do by our conditioned inner voice, which is really what 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 is happening, right? When we're having these arguments with ourselves about starting something new and what gets in the way of it and all that. And so it could be that your conditioned inner voice is telling you what to do or what not to do in a way that makes you want to tell it to kick rocks. It's all happening. It's all it's all happening in your head. Um, but it, it could very well be the way that you uh, are speaking to yourself. Okay, so I decided today for our example, I'm just going to take you through um, some roadblocks. Um, these are internal roadblocks, um, which is, it's all going to be very clear to you, but these are internal. These aren't going to be about structuring your day a certain way or time management or, you know, getting a meal prep service or shifting your work schedule, or it's not going to be about any of those things, which are all important right? Those are all enablers in terms of things that will enable you to change something or shift something or add something new to your life that currently isn't there. And absolutely, you know, I can help you with those things. There's books about that stuff. Um, the, again, those are important. But what I am finding is that when I'm working with people, talking to acquaintances, friends, clients, um, that we can sort of remove all of the practical barriers to something and also set the, the new practice goal as very incremental, which again, we're going to get into, and it still is quite difficult for, for people to get started on it. And as I'm having those conversations, they're coming up organically, which is why I decided to do this particular topic today, because I'm like, okay, there's a reason why this keeps presenting itself. This is what we need to talk about today. Um, as we kind of explore all those practical barriers and, and shift them and remove them, the fact that it is still difficult to get a new practice or change off the ground, to me, is indicative of these internal roadblocks. Okay. The things that happen inside of us that keep us from being able to move forward, even when, you know, circumstances are pretty, pretty well, I don't want to use the word perfect, but uh, pretty well perfect for allowing us to get started. Um, you know, addressing the, the internal resistance and moving forward with something with a new practice in a completely 
imperfect way or a sort of a quote, ugly kind of way might just be the ticket. What I'm finding is that the doing of something can break through the resistance to doing something. When we're kind of spending time in that resistance negotiation that we have with ourselves, that time we're spending, we could maybe do the thing even for a few minutes, depending on what the what the thing is. And all of a sudden, mm, that resistance kind of kind of dissipates and becomes quiet because we're doing we're doing the actual thing. So um, we'll talk more about this in the in the next couple of segments, but we are not going to be worried about something being perfect or how it looks or, you know, being ready or having everything in place. Because if we do that, um, which is part of resistance, worrying about all those things, it will, it will, it will create often um, what I just call jokingly failure to launch. Um, And so today we're going to go to break um, in just a moment here. What I've selected as our example is just a new movement practice. And I'm I, that's what I call it, a movement practice. Um, you can call it exercise or working out if that works for you. I call it a movement practice. And the reason that I chose that as our example today is that same, the same reason I chose the topic, it has come up in so many facets of my life across my interactions with clients, friends, family, acquaintances, colleagues, so many people are lamenting, um, oh, I really need to start doing X. And it tends to have to do um, with moving their bodies. So we are going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to break down some non-starters and how to uh, breeze right through these roadblocks and get your new practice started. You're listening to Freedom for Humans, and we will be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten Johansson, your host. And as I was waiting to come back, I just, I do often turn off my uh, self view on the Zoom. I'm like, if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody, it's really not necessary to be looking at yourself all the time. I don't know what that, what all that's doing to us, but I don't think it's that good for us. But anyway, um, it's, it's on right now. Cause it's just me and, and Jordan that are our engineer. Um, but I just thought I was smiling. And so I just, you probably can hear that, but I'm just really happy to be here with you today. Um, I love doing the show. I love talking with you. I see that we have kind of a core, group of listeners every week. I see you, Malta. I see you guys. Thanks for listening. And, and, uh, and of course, across the U.S. and Canada and um, a, a number of other places. I just want to thank everyone for listening. And um, I'm here on the West Coast of the U.S. for another about three weeks, and then I will be back in Malta. And so I'll be uh, bringing you the show from Malta, and I'll uh, be talking to you a little bit about what's going on there. Okay, so before the break, we uh, we kind of framed everything up, and uh, we're going to use a movement practice, okay, a new movement practice um, as our example, and work through these internal roadblocks that we often experience that keep us from starting something, even when we really want to. I know it's confusing. We want to do something, but we have trouble doing it. And then we feel bad because we're having trouble doing it. It's, it just goes round and round. Okay. I know, I know it's weird, but we all do it. So if that's happening to you, you're in good company and there are ways, there are ways to get right through it. Okay. So the first is you didn't realize that your change, the change you want to make is a whopper and you've accidentally set yourself up for being overwhelmed by not breaking it into smaller fundamental parts. Here are some examples of the way that a new practice could be framed as a whopper by that conditioned inner voice. And it would say some things to you like, you need to lose 30 pounds. You need to be able to do that steep hike without gassing out, man. You used to be able to do that. What happened to you? Ugh, you're just a skinny little spaghetti. You need to build 20 pounds of muscle. You need to be thin. Come on. You need to fit into that suit, dress, old pair of jeans. You used to be able to fit into that. What happened to you? You have to work out for at least an hour. I mean, otherwise there's no point. You need to get your heart rate up to a certain level for a certain amount of time. Otherwise, you're really not doing anything. You need to do at least three sets of 15 reps. And you better sweat like Albert Brooks in broadcast news, because if you are not in a flop sweat, clearly you are not doing enough. These are things that 
create a whopper. Okay. Like you need to lose 30 pounds. Let's just take that. When we attach something like that, that is a very specific outcome to wanting to start a new movement practice, particularly if we're starting that new movement practice from a place of not moving around much. That's a, I mean, my goodness, I'm overwhelmed just reading it to you <laughs> off my notes. I'm That overwhelms me just to think about that. So, you know, one of the things that I just, if, if, if you hear nothing else, uncouple and and you want to start a movement practice, uncouple your appearance, the appearance of your body from the movement practice, separate it. Also separate your food from your movement practice. I know that flies in the face of everything we're taught that movement is about the way you look and that you need to move a certain amount to accommodate a certain amount of food, all that stuff. Just there's no, it doesn't all have to be mushed together. And when we mush it together, it's, it's not only overwhelming, but it becomes fraught um, because we, we often hold beliefs and attitudes and histories with all, all of these things um, that kind of get in the way of something that could be broken down into an increment and also to be made simply about that things simply about the movement and movement being critical for a, the health of a human being and a human body. That's all. That's all we really need to take into account that, that you're doing something kind for your body, your mind, and yourself when you move your body. Now, if we break it down into just its smallest increment. And this is what I often suggest to anybody who I'm talking to, who is, is having that lament that I described to you that, ugh, I need to get started or I need to do this, or, you know, they're just feeling stuck and haven't been moving a lot. And maybe their body has shifted in a way that's uncomfortable for them. Move your body for 10 minutes a day and only do what you enjoy. That's it. That is a, a simple, straightforward, incremental start to a movement practice. It does a couple of things. Only doing what you enjoy removes the ugh, the ugh of it. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that more later. Why do we, why we even set goals to do things that make us go ugh. Um, so first do what you enjoy, but second, 10 minutes and what the conditioned mind is going to say to you is that's not enough. And you might even be saying that to yourself right now. That's not enough. Okay. 10 minutes a day, 70 minutes a week, particularly if you're starting with zero minutes a week, that's, that's a massive difference. It's a massive difference. And it's about the practice. It's not about the outcome. It's about the practice because we don't really even know what the outcome is going to be. And when we attach to that outcome, again, it gets in the way of the point, the point being the practice. Now you can plan it for a certain time of day. So let's say, let's say you're on board. Okay. 10 minutes, 10 minutes of movement a day and only, only something that I like. All right. Um, you can plan it for a certain time of day, but don't attach to that too firmly. 
you know, if, if you say to yourself, well, I'll do, get it done in the morning. And that way, you know, all the things that happen in my day won't prevent me from, you know, getting to it. That is a perfectly good plan. And if it doesn't end up working for you, then an adjustment is in order. It, so make sure that you remind yourself when you're starting something new that it's all an iteration. It's all adjustable. Um, so if you if you end up fitting it in, in the morning, great. If not, just do it at a different time. And if you're thinking about doing it and arguing with yourself about doing it, you might actually have time to do it right then. If you find yourself having that that negotiation, um, you could actually get up and do it right then. Guess what? Because it's ten minutes only 10 minutes. So it's something that can be fit in almost anywhere, including before bed, unless that will mess up your sleep. So you can kind of always do it. That's the beauty of it. Um, Now, recriminating yourself for not doing it will not motivate you to do it. So even though we've set this small, incremental um, new practice, you might not always do it. That's how it works. That's how something new works. That's how any practice works. So if if recriminating ourselves worked, we would be doing every single thing we ever wanted to do without any trouble. But it actually doesn't. It it makes it less likely that we're going to do the thing that we want to do when we're mean to ourselves when we don't do it. So Remember to pivot, adjust, and iterate because the practice is for you. It's it's truly your practice. And so there's no need to judge it or compare it or worry about what other people are doing or any of that stuff. Just set a, a small incremental new practice, frame it as a freedom, And then if you find yourself tangling about whether to do it or not, you might actually have time to do it right then because it's, it's brief. I've had some really excellent, um, results, um, from this, from doing movement practices that I enjoyed that were short, that I could fit in, in at least under 30 minutes. If not, you know, some of them are five or or 10 minutes, um, in length. Um, and, and consistency, you know, so many things come out of a new practice that we don't necessarily, we don't necessarily anticipate. Um, that's the beauty of them. Um, and the reason to let go of the whopper framing, the 30 pound loss, the 20 pounds of muscle, the need to be thin, the fitting into the, into the jeans and so forth. And let me just, just a quick uh, mention about the, you know, trying to fit into something. I was having a conversation with a family member a number of years ago and she was bothered. Uh, her body had shifted some and she was bothered and she was, you know, telling me how she had, had hung up this dress and, you know, she needed to be able to fit into that dress and she hung up the dress and every day she looked at the dress and she put it in a place where she could always see it. So she could be reminded of it so that if she wanted to eat something, she would say, Oh, do you really want to eat that? Because you really need to fit into that dress. And it was incredibly punitive. And not, you know, she didn't realize that. I mean, she's just telling me kind of her method for trying to sort of make herself, um, you know, do or not do something differently. And it, the, the punitive nature of that 
um, and the attachment to this very specific thing that only has meaning because you've assigned meaning to it, it can short circuit your efforts. And for, for what that is, that's the critic. That is a conditioned critical voice that is going to get in the way. It's going to get in your way. It's not supporting you. You don't need to be punitive really, truly. You don't need to be punitive with yourself, Um, which leads us to number two. And it leads us right into the inner critic. Okay. So number two, the inner critic talks a bunch of discouraging crap to you and convinces you that you can't do it. It says, "Ugh, you've really let yourself go. How embarrassing. What's wrong with you? You're not going to be able to do that class. You're too fat to go to the gym. Ugh, this is horrible. You're so out of shape. Hmm. You're not going to be able to hike your favorite trail. You're just, you've just, you've just let it go too far. Hmm. Maybe you could go for a run. You can't go for a run. You're too slow. You're going to have to stop and walk. Ugh. You're going to feel like a failure. You're tired anyway. You don't feel like it. And you don't even want to do this, even though. You actually do want to do it. And that is the confusing part. You do want to do it. If you didn't want to do it, you wouldn't be having this negotiation with with the inner critic and with resistance and all the things that go on. It it's the conversation that you're having uh in your in your mind that's making you feel like you don't that you don't want to, but you actually do want to, right? Because you know from having moved your body before that you feel pretty good. You feel pretty good uh, when you do it. Um, Okay. Um, So, you know, it might say you're so far gone. It won't do any good anyway. You hate to exercise. Come on. So it is just like, ooh, that inner critic is really kicking you around. Here is something that um, I I read or listened to in a book called The Key, and the name of the key is Willingness. It's a one hour, it's like one hour and eight minute listen. And oh boy, like in terms of like a morning listen, for instance, or something to bring you back to center, it's wonderful. Um, Sherry Huber, The Key, and The Key, then pardon me. The key and the name of the key is willingness. Hope I got that right. Okay. And the little tool is I can't, I won't, I choose not to. And so whatever thing you're considering and you're negotiating uh, with the inner critic about, use that framework and see what you hear and how you feel. I can't move my body. I won't move my body. I choose not to move my body because ultimately it is a choice. We're always choosing in every moment. We're making a choice. We're making an action choice, a thinking choice, a being choice. We are complicated creatures and we also have a ton of agency and free will. So that tool again, I can't, I won't, I choose not to. 
because it, it, it kind of, it brings your agency back to you. I choose not to can, can be shifted into, I choose to, I choose not to move my body. I choose to move my body. Ah, that feels so nice. That feels nice when I even just make that shift. So these thoughts, the, the, when the inner critic kind of kicks us around, it's, it's, it's self-limiting, um, that can become unlimited because this self-limiting is a conditioned voice. And so shifting your voice, um, pardon me, shifting your attention to a voice that tells the truth, which is that, you know, most of what we desire in life are actually unlimited. We tell ourselves that that they're unavailable to us, that we could never accomplish this, that we could never, you know, enjoy that level of wealth or success or prosperity or a certain kind of relationship or love or what you know, maybe you want to, you know, you're a you're a, a frustrated athlete on the inside who hasn't, you know, necessarily been able to live the life of an athlete, whatever it is, you know, it it really is unlimited. So if you notice your inner inner critic, but you don't attach to the conditioned voice, it will clear a path for you to move forward, regardless of its chatter. We're not waiting for the chatter to go away (laughs) magically, because we'll be waiting forever. This is a deeply conditioned voice that is typically present in all human beings, unless they are practicing and have been practicing for quite some time to silence it. But over time, it will become quieter. Um, And eventually with, with this practice, you'll experience periods of silence. And in those periods of silence, you will start something new with confidence. And you'll realize even when it's maybe something kind of big, that might have scared you in the past or that you might've had a lot of resistance to, you'll notice that your confidence has come back to you because that voice is, uh, that voice is quieted. All right. We're going to take another break and uh, we'll come back and finish the last of our uh, non-starter roadblocks. You're listening to freedom for humans and we'll be right back. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us. Follow us on Instagram at voice America talk radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host. And um, before the break, we had covered framing your goal or new practice as a freedom, um, making sure that it's not a whopper and breaking it down into its sort of smallest incremental first step. And then knowing when it is the inner critic that is um, chattering at you uh, and noticing it, but not attaching to it and knowing that it is trying to get in the way of this new thing that you want to do which um, I mentioned resistance. And so the next one, um, number three is about resistance and self-doubt and um, resistance is interesting. It can, it show, it can show up in a number of ways. Um, what I want to talk with you about in terms in t- today. Um, and again, we're using a movement practice. Okay. This is a, and, and this is now a, a, a 10 minute movement practice, right? So this is, I'm going to move my body. 10 minutes a day and do only what I like. That is the practice I'm suggesting. So but you might still be in that place where, you know, you're kind of trying to figure out what to do. You're, you're, you're pondering um, what you want to do for movement and resistance comes in and says, well, you know, you should probably lose weight first. Resistance will often tell you that something else is more important or that something else needs to happen first or that, yeah, the stage is just not quite set for you to walk out on it. And so it might say to you, Ugh, if you lose weight first, then you'll have an easier time with this, with this new movement practice. Or, you know, maybe you are someone who likes to be in a class or at a gym that's not my jam, but lots of people really find that helpful. And um, in the past, one of the things that I used to do when I did, you know, I've been, I've gone to gyms and classes and all that stuff, which is how I know it's not, it's not necessarily for me, but is I would think, well, maybe if I have the right outfit, you know, ugh, I don't like any of these, any of these uh, workout clothes. So maybe if I have the right, the right outfit, then then that'll make me want to go and that'll make me enjoy whatever it is that I was, you know, thinking I was going to start. And then you go down the rabbit hole of shopping and now you spent money on workout clothes and you have not actually moved your body yet. Um, that's resistance. Uh, just throwing a little, just throwing a little uh, roadblock in there for you. 
Um, or maybe it says, Ooh, what you should really do is just maybe you need to order that beach body workout program that that's going to be the path to the, the body you've always wanted. And that that's going to change your life. So mm, don't bother with this, you know, this measly little thing that you were thinking about doing. Let's really, let's really go for, <laughs> let's go for broke. And listen, I'm not trying to pick on beach body. Um, I'm really, I'm, it's a tongue in cheek sort of, uh, reference to my own experience. Um, primarily with P90X. If you've done P90X, you know how intense uh, and difficult it is. Um, but those are the kind of things I, I used to do. I would go from sedentary, okay, not moving to something that is like really, really hard because I was connecting it to the way my body looked, something not being enough, et cetera. But also this whole research and what's the right program for me and how much does it cost and is it the right investment and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's resistance. Cause ultimately if you're not moving right now, just moving, just moving for 10 minutes, setting your alarm and thinking, okay, what do I like to do? I like calisthenics. I like yoga. I like, um, I like Pilates. I like dancing, you know, any of that stuff any of that stuff is an excellent start. Resistance might tell you that you're too busy. You don't have the energy. Maybe, maybe after you finish this product, this project at work, ugh, this project at work is really, it's really whooping my ass. And ugh, I just, I just don't have any need to start something new right now. So listen for, I don't want to, and I don't feel like it. Okay. Those are the buzzwords of resistance and remind yourself that you you actually do want to, and it's this voice that's making you not feel like it and that you can choose to, to kind of, you can notice the voice, but choose to ignore it. Um, and then go ahead and do the thing anyway. That's the key is to notice the voice, be aware of the voice, know what it is, but then move forward with the thing, uh, that you would like to do in this case, um, a movement practice, or maybe again, you, you would like to, you know, buy a punch card for a series of classes, or you do really want to join a gym or something like that, which is totally fine because maybe you know about yourself that that is what you like. And resistance says, ugh, maybe you can't afford it. Now, maybe you actually can afford it. So that's the first thing to ask. Is this resistance telling me I can't afford it? And I actually can, or maybe it does pinch you this fee. And then you might take a look at what you're spending in other areas and what, what the impact is on you. What are you spending and what are you earning from that spend? And perhaps you can stop spending in other areas and shift that over to something that is going to earn you, earn you a great many things uh, potentially. So you hear, I can't afford it. Mm, That's resistance most likely. And you know, just look into it a bit. Uh, number four is fear, um, which is often repped by anxiety, um, which is, I don't know, kind of epidemic. I feel like at least in the U S um, so many of us, you know, live with various anxieties throughout our day. Um, that is, that is fear. It's fear's little foot soldier. Um, and what happens is fear or anxiety are tapped by the inner critic just to give it all of its crap talk some credibility. And then they gang up on you and take a bite out of your confidence, right? So 
you'll probably quit. It says to you, you'll probably quit like you usually do. Well, what is that? That is fear of failure, fear of fear of quitting, fear of recriminating yourself for quitting. It's fear of how, what might happen or how you might feel in the future. You're going to be so embarrassed by your body and your fitness level. Oh, you just really let yourself go. What is that? Fear of judgment, right? So you're already judging yourself, you know, or pardon me, you are not judging yourself. You're conditioned inner critic that conditioned inner voice is judging you. So you're already being judged um, by the inner critic, which leads you to fear judgment, but it's often projected. We fear being judged by others in reality. When we fear being judged by others, it's typically because we're already judging ourselves. If we're not already judging ourselves, other people's um, judgments and opinions of us, they might hurt. They might smart. They might annoy us, but we don't necessarily attach to them or believe them. But if we're judging ourselves and then here comes along somebody who just signs on to it and like ugh, says the very thing that we're saying to ourselves, oh man, that can be hard. Uh, so just remember, this is coming from your conditioned voice and you not judging yourself will set you up to be able to resist uh, the judgment of others should it come your way. And again, it's fear. That is fear of judgment, fear of what might happen in the future. Um, resistance might, um, resistance and, and fear and anxiety might say to you, what if, what if you pay for those classes or that gym membership and then you don't use it? What a waste. You'll be so mad at yourself. That is fear of recrimination for something that hasn't happened yet, right? We're taking something that might've happened in the past. We're putting it into the future. We're deciding that maybe we're just going to do that again. And we're going to waste our money and we're going to be mad at ourselves. And now the fear of having to go through that again, because we've gone through it in the past, it keeps us from, from even starting, Fear is a combination of conditioned thinking and physical sensations. So remember, it is convincing, but it's not real. It's generated in our mind by our conditioned voice. And then we feel the sensations in our bodies. And then we think, oh, it must be true. So if that's happening, just return to the present moment, drop into your body in the moment where life is happening and in, in the moment where life is happening right now, right here. Fear is irrelevant, unnecessary, and a nuisance, and it can be noticed and ignored. All right. And then lastly, um, I'm going to squeeze this in um, before we sign off today. And that is that the change serves something or someone other than you. <laughs> and it asks you to start, stop, or change something that will make your life less joyful. Ugh. It doesn't matter that you don't enjoy walking, climbing, riding a machine to nowhere. Do it anyway. That's what it says. Okay. I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy moving my body on a machine. So that's again, a reference to myself. If you enjoy walking, climbing, riding a machine, awesome. I'm not making fun of that. It's just not for me. So um, if I choose to do that, I am not serving myself. 
and I am making my life experience less joyful. That's not what we want. It might say, I don't care if hiking makes you want to cry. That's the activity you should do. And then it'll tick off all the reasons that, um, that you should do it. I, ugh, I used to want to cry on a hike. <laughs> if it's straight up, straight up, straight up with like switchbacks and stuff. Oh, that's not for me. I like, I love an uphill and a downhill and a flat. So that's what I do. I, I put together a walk with the type of experience that actually I enjoy. Um, and then I do that. Uh, it, you might hear something like quit whining exercise isn't supposed to be fun. You just need to get some discipline. Okay. Word about discipline, discipline versus devotion. Okay. I'm going to squeeze this in. Discipline refers to rule following behavior to regulate order, control, and authority. It may also refer to punishment. Discipline is used to create habits, routines, and automatic mechanisms such as blind obedience. It may be inflicted on others or on oneself. Self-discipline refers to the practice of self-restraint, controlling one's emotions, and ignoring impulses. Hmm. Okay. That's discipline. That's, that is a, a, a um, kind of a summary definition of, of discipline. It doesn't sound very fun to me. It's, it's, it's useful and helpful in life. I'm not saying it isn't, but it doesn't sound very fun or joyful. Whereas devotion, love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person, activity, or cause. Think about devotion versus discipline. Choose devotion over discipline. And you can get there by loving yourself and viewing your movement practice as an act of kindness for your body and your mind, because it is, it truly, truly is. Uncouple it from the appearance of your body. Uncouple it from your food and frame it as a freedom. What will you be freed from by implementing the first step of your movement practice, prioritize joy and fun. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Um, what they like has nothing to do with what you like. And something is better than nothing in this instance. And something is fine. Whatever it is, is fine. Set your timer for 10 minutes. Do the movement. Enjoy yourself. And when it's over, move on to the next right step. And remember, you care for your body. You care for your body. Your, your higher self cares for your body, which needs your support. It's an act of kindness and should not be a joy debit. It should be a joy credit. Okay. That's all we have time for today. Um, I will be back next week with the second half of this, which are the, um, which are the things that make us quit. Okay. Um, again, you can find me at giraffetangooctopus.com and across social media at GTO Coaching. Love yourself, free yourself, be yourself, and dance your own tango. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango.